and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains. From sea to shining sea, this is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop here on another fine, fabulous, fantastic, philosophical sort of Friday, friends, for Torch Report 433. Today I will be introducing you to your new secret weapon. Now, most people will agree that we are, in fact, at war. Culture war, you know, uh, civil war, global war, you know, but most people, I don't think, really have a sufficient plan to survive it, perhaps even potentially thrive during this uh, chaotic time of human history. And so I'm going to do things a little bit differently today. As a matter of fact, uh, <laughs> I was going to, I had something totally else in mind. I, I sat down, I was, you know, doing my show prep and looking at all the sources out there to see what the hell's going on in the world. And it just, it just, yeah, it wasn't sitting right. It just didn't have it in me. I thought, you know what? This is, this is drivel. This is tripe. This is nothing that's really, truly worth your time. And so I, I went in a different direction here. Now, Truth be told, I want to kind of just share a little bit about where I'm at right now and and why there's been a little bit more uh, philosophy kind of oozing into the news analysis. Like I said, truth be told, you know, I, I type on average over 1,500 words each week. You know, I, I'm producing six days a week content, uh, audio content, etc. So it's like I'd like to tell my wife, you know, I've I've never worked so hard sitting on my ass in my entire life. I've always been a very active guy uh, in the military, in construction, all that kind of stuff. So now here I am with my ass glued to a chair, type, 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 type typing. And I'm not going to lie, friends, it's taken a toll on my body. And, you know, there's, you know, repetitive strain, you know, I like my wrist, like carpal tunnel kind of stuff, my hand cramping up, you know, my back has gotten weaker, my belly's gotten bigger, and all that kind of stuff is on my mind this morning. Today is the first day of September. It's the month of my birth. And throughout my life, this has been a month of adventure and reflection. I typically like to take a little solo backpacking trip. You know, prior to the pandemic, taking a solo trek into the wilderness was like a staple ritual that I always looked forward to. You know, seeking wisdom in solitude was, for me, I think the best way to get grounded, to, to regain some sense of balance, you know, get out of my head, get into my heart and all that kind of stuff. And the absence of this annual journey, I think, has kind of delivered the opposite. Uh, you know, more of a tendency to be, you know, caught up in my head, more of a tendency to be carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders. And I think that that's something that that we're all dealing with in our own sort of way. So just for fun here, I did put in the report today a few shots from my last trip over in the Wind River Range. It was in Wyoming. Friends, if you're on a listening on a podcast platform, please know you just have to go to thetorchreport.com. Check out Torch Report 433. You'll see uh, some spiffy shots of little old me, your favorite fuzzy peasant, as I was out in the Wind River Range. I was hiking. It was a beautiful day. I mean, I was sweating. I was loving it. High elevation, fresh air. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, I heard this, you know, thunderous boom that shook the mountains. And there was a storm coming over the ridge behind me. 
And then in less than 15 minutes, that storm was upon me. And so, I mean, I was like, find a place to throw my tent down, boom, throw my tent up real fast, hop inside. I mean, the wind was howling. You know, I came out, you know, an hour later, there was enough hail on the ground to build a little snowman. Anyway, so I put that shot in there, friends. Uh, and then the second shot is the, is the following morning. It was so pristine. I think that that picture really perfectly captures the serenity that I go after when I go into the wilderness. It's the, it's the sanctuary that only the wilderness can provide, at least for me. And then I, uh, I did put one more little picture in here. It's this, uh, this sign that was at the trailhead. It says, trail abandoned, not maintained. <laughs> warning, warning, warning. The trail's been abandoned. It's not maintained. And I knew that going into it. I mean, high stepping over down trees and, and all that kind of stuff is, you know, I, I, that's, I knew I was on the right path. Trail abandoned, not maintained means there's not going to be a, anybody in their right mind out there. Just little old me. And you know, I, I see that now, that sign. I saw it this morning. I was thinking, you know, if we always do what we've always done, then we always get what we've always got. If we always take the well-trodden path, well, then we know where it's going to lead, right? And so this trail abandoned, not maintained, it just kind of spoke to me this morning. And I, I find that the lessons I've learned over the years out on the trail, on these adventures, it always has a way of relating back to life. So that's kind of the the stage set here as we're going to get into it a little bit. You know, I, I like I said, you know, f- feeling the impact of, you know, having my ass glued to the chair working on the computer so much. Um, but I still consider myself to be fairly well-grounded, well-balanced, you know. Uh, I'm fully aware of the creeping stress that's tugging at the edge of my mind on any given day. I think that we all are dealing with that again, you know, and I, I sense that need to escape from the mental barrage of daily headlines, from the more bad news, from, from things that are way beyond my control. I sense that. And I wonder, do you sense that need to escape from it all? And, you know, seeing the writing on the wall, right, having a strong sense of where things are headed and, and how this is all likely to play out, it's, it really is a heavy burden to bear. Ignorance is not bliss, but, I mean, knowing it, it's a heavy burden to bear. And yet, and yet, life is still good. Life is still good. We're going to get deep into this today, friends, but this is a default setting in my mind. I want to share with you why, you know, why is life still good? How do we frame all the chaos and come to the conclusion that life is still good? Luke, what the hell are you talking about? Now, bear with me here. This default setting in my mind that tells me life is still good no matter what, it comes directly from a great deal of suffering, physical, mental, emotional, and even spiritual suffering over the course of a lifetime. And I am fully aware that many, if not most people, many of you have suffered similarly. You've suffered in your own ways. Oftentimes, you know, people have suffered much worse than I have. So I'm not just saying, oh, I've suffered all this stuff. You know, I'm saying suffering is part of life. The truth is that life is full of suffering. Life is full of sadness and pain and grief and loss. Life is full of unexpected challenges and setbacks and change. That's just the way that it is. Nature does not care about you or your garden or your home. 
And I've reflected on this cruel indifference of nature over the course of my life. And I'm here to tell you, you spend enough time with it, there's something, you know, it's a very liberating beauty kind of embedded within it. When we properly understand this cruel indifference of nature, it's liberating. Life is not fair. Never has been, never will be. But if you really think about the fact that life is not fair, that's really the only fairness that truly exists, is it not? It's the universal lack of fairness that levels the playing field. And that, that's true whether we're talking about you know, some vicious predator tearing into the flesh of tender young prey while the mother shrieks in dismay, uh, you know, insects eating your garden, a storm destroying your home. It's the same. Life is not fair, and it's the universal lack of fairness that you know, is probably the fairest thing of all. So life is not fair, and that's a fate we all share. And yet, life is still good. Fact. <laughs> oh, but it's easy to lose sight of that fact, right? I mean, we're humans, right? We get pulled this way and that, tossed this way and that. It's very easy to lose sight of the fact that life is still good, uh, especially when it feels like the whole world is going to hell and the sky is falling down all around us, but life is still good. And so I want to take the time today to explain exactly what do I mean. Luke, what do you mean life is still good? Now, <laughs> my, uh, my typical answer is that, you know, all we got to do is eat, sleep, and procreate. That, you know, life is fundamentally good. But, of course, it irks my wife when I'm so flippant about it. Uh, ultimately, you know, the, the primal perspective that what, what does it take to survive? The, just the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. You know, the primal perspective that all we have to do is eat, sleep, and procreate, and therefore life is fundamentally good, that shatters the illusions. That somehow we, you know, we're some sort of sophisticated and civilized species. No, no, that's a farce, you know. We are a wild and unruly species. We are emotional, spiritual, and impulsive. We lust and we crave and we conquer and we sulk. And we have good days and bad days. We have pure intentions and sometimes less than pure intentions. The truth is, as near as I can tell, friends, humanity is a mess. Am I wrong? But this, too, is something that we all share. Humanity is messy. That's something we all got to deal with. And in reality, no matter how much we like to pretend that we've got our shit together, there's always some unrefined element of our life that gnaws at the fringe of our awareness. Now, most often we try to shut it out. Uh, stuff it, carry on as if we really do have our shit together. <laughs> and there are some days we pull it off better than others. Am I right or am I right here, friends? Uh, by the way, you know, this does lead to patterns of subconscious inertia, uh, samsara, self-induced suffering, etc. But the fact is here, you know, a great many people go through their lives, go through their entire lives, really. doesn't really matter what stage you're at in life. Whatever you're at in life, you know, I'm sure, some people who have gone through their entire lives living in this illusion that they've got everything under control, that they're being good humans, that, that they're doing what must be done. You know, they just got to do what must be done, make the world go round. You know, they're working hard so they can, one day they can retire and enjoy their life and on and on and on. Now, I say this is an illusion 
Because as the pandemic has reminded everyone, you know, everything can change in an instant. The illusion that we've got everything under control is just precisely that. It is an illusion. Everything that makes you feel as if you've got it all together can really, truly just be snatched away from you any given second. You could abruptly get fired. Your house could burn down. You could get that dreaded phone call that informs you a loved one has been lost. You could be diagnosed with an incurable terminal disease. You could go in for a routine shot and end up paralyzed for the rest of your life or worse. Friends, someone could drop a bomb on your house. Uh, Some other form of senseless evil could strike terror in your life and shatter the illusion that you've got it all under control in any given moment. And that's just the way that it is. (laughs) Just the way that it is. You know, the truth is you do not have everything under control and neither do I. Nobody does. And again, that's just the way that it is. Am I wrong? Tell me if you think so, but I don't believe so, friends. And that's really okay, right? That we don't have everything under control. Isn't that okay? In fact, the truth is that we do not have everything under control. It can be downright refreshing, if not just a little bit depressing, depending on how you frame this reality. That is depending on your world view. And it makes me think he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole wide world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got you and me, sister. All right, no, okay. Now, please forgive me here, friends. I do want to split some hairs for just a second here. I'm aware that the vast majority of Americans, as well as the vast majority of my family and friends, uh, hold some sort of Christian worldview. Now, without dissecting the epistemology of various denominations, I want to focus strictly on the rudimentary facts, the basics here. There is a God, the God who created the world, and the God who is ultimately in charge. So we don't have to have everything in control because God's got everything in control. It's kind of where I'm going with that, right? The phrase, God's will be done, ties directly to our not being in control. And when we surrender to this fact, it can be liberating, right? It's very refreshing. Ah, God's got it under control. God's will be done. Okay, fine. Some might point out to uh, point the story of Job out as an example of how all hell can break loose and suffering can ensue, and yet if faith is maintained, God's will be done, then life is still good. I toss that out there, chew on it, let it marinate. Moving on, because on the other hand, there are fewer Americans today who profess faith in God than ever before. Now, Christians would be quick to point out that this is the driving factor behind the demise of our once great nation. They will say, you know, we turned our back on God, and so God turns his back on us. And I'm not going to argue with that, nor do I want to hold it out as an argument for why things have gone so horribly awry in such a short amount of time. Friends, we've, we've talked about the shocking rise of Satanism, after-school Satan clubs, Satan in pop culture, and other Satanic influences that are corrupting our culture, like Marxism, for example. But we need to set that all aside. Put it in a box, set it aside, okay? For those who do not believe 
in magical talking snakes to, you know, to quote the common atheist derogative, okay? There's lots of people, they don't believe in, we believe in science. We don't believe in magical talking snakes. Okay, fine. The reality that life is not fair, that bad things happen to good people, that evil preys upon innocence and all manners of needless suffering, you know, that, that, that happens. For those who don't believe in God, this is surefire proof that there is no God. How could there be a God? Just look at all this evil. Or at the very least, they might claim that God does not care. In essence, you know, the argument is, how could an all-powerful, all-loving, all-knowing God allow children to be abused and good people to be tortured in cold blood? How? Tell me now. And again, friends, I want to refrain from taking up this debate in order to make a broader point. Despite the evils Life is still good. It is an undeniable fact that there is evil happening all around the world every second of every day. It doesn't matter whether you believe in God or not. That's true. And yet, the opposite is true as well. There is goodness happening all around the world every second of every day, whether we happen to take notice of it or not. And again, regardless of whether or not someone believes in God, these are universal truths that are directly observable, and therefore we need not be arguing about it, right? (laughs) Furthermore, friends, one need not invoke the name of God to contemplate these things and consider the implications that good and evil do exist. Okay. Perhaps the greatest divide in our society today revolves around polar opposite understandings of the nature of things. Put bluntly, you know, God is a highly divisive topic, okay? You want to start talking about God, people go different directions. But quite unfortunately, what too many people fail to see is that this is really just a wedge of words. Uh, it's It's like Mormons bickering with Methodists or Buddhists bickering with Baptists. It's all head-level debate that's really serving the ego's need to be right. It reminds me of a passage, actually, that I encountered in the Yoga Sutras. The Yoga Sutras say, surrender to God. This is the heart of a yogi. Surrender to God. This is the heart of a yogi. What? When I first read those words, my head just about exploded. What the hell is this? You know, I was not ready to surrender to anything, let alone some distant deity derived from ancient Eastern scriptures. But friends, I was naive in my interpretation. The sutras are rife with references to the Lord and to God. And in time, I was fascinated by the similarities to Christianity. I saw patterns of the human spirit crying out, trying to put words to things, reaching out, stretching out to touch the hem of divinity. In all of this, I saw the human heart seeking God. If anyone lacks wisdom, let them ask of God, says the good book. If anyone lacks wisdom, let them ask of God. So what does it mean to surrender to God? Ha! (laughs) I'll tell you what, friends, I spent a lot of time thinking about it. And, you know, just to spare you the suspense here, you know, to me, surrender to God means accepting the gift of life just as it is. It means accepting that things are beyond our control. Yes, bad things happen, but life is still good. This is what surrender to God means to me in my heart in just a few words. 
You know, our minds tend to make things complex, right? Ah, uh, it's got to be more complicated than that. <laughs> you know, there's got to be more to it than that, Luke. Come on, you know. What about that secret weapon? We're getting there, friends. I see the time. We'll just take an extra minute or two here to drill down. Uh, you know, when we try to think about things like God, our minds make it way, way more complex than it needs to be. This, too, feeds the ego, and it upholds the illusions that keep us lost in our own mental mirage. You know, the halls and the walls of our inner world are constructed by the stories that we carry with us throughout life. And these stories are the product of our mind trying to make sense of our personal experience. The illusion that we get lost in is the story that's been concocted over a lifetime of experience. But these are just stories. They're subtle layers of illusion. Some stories are truer than others. There are indiscernible distortions in our stories. But these are just the mind's interpretation. That's, that's what the point is. It's just a head-level interpretation of what our life has actually been. But underneath all of this, underneath and deeper still, there is a stillness, a deeper knowing that transcends our understanding. This, my friends, is inner peace. This is what some would call the peace of God that transcends all understanding. And the good news is, one need not believe in God or be thinking of God to experience this inner peace. In fact, it's really quite the opposite, friends, if you want to get right down to it. It's the thinking about God and thinking about inner peace that gets in the way. It's the thinking that pulls our awareness into the endless stream of thought that carries us away from what is. What's real right now. I ask the question, and when I do, I ask you to resist the urge to start trying to catalog all of creation. Well, let's see. My desk is real. My computer is real. The, you know, the, whatever. Okay. Resist the urge to catalog creation. What's real right now immediately exceeds our finite, limited cognitive capacity. We cannot comprehend what's real right now. The question exposes the vulnerability of our not knowing. That's why the mind starts snapping for answers. Okay, we don't want to not know. I don't know what's happening in the Ukraine, but that's the truth, right? I don't know what's happening to my kid at school or to my distant loved ones or to the global food supply or, or in the halls of Congress right now. I just don't. I simply don't know. And neither do you. <laughs> and I accept that fact. In other words, I surrender to the not knowing. I surrender to the unknown. Do you accept the fact that you do not know? Can you surrender to the unknown? Friends, what's real right now is the fact that we just don't know, that we can't know, and thus we must let go and surrender to the fact that we'll never know everything. And when we do that, it frees up some space in the brain, you know? No need to keep track of everything because, quite simply, we cannot keep track of everything. But I do know some things. And I know that you know some things, too. I know some things in my heart, even if I lack the words to express them. I know the glow in my heart when I hug my wife or when I see the light in my child's eyes. I know the feeling of the sun on my skin, the smell of the ocean, the sweetness of birdsong and the feel of my guitar. I know the smell of good food, the laughter of my friends, and the sense that all is right with the world. I know these truths without even a thought. 
They are undeniable. They are visceral and they are real. These are the things that percolate to the surface of my awareness when I am alone in nature, friends, and today I'm sharing them with you as a reminder to myself that life is fundamentally good. These truths are the source of inexplicable peace, joy, inner strength, all the things that we need to survive and thrive in these crazy times, friends, we only need to surrender to realize it. Make surrender your secret weapon, friends, and I'll guarantee you'll be glad you did. And that is the message of my heart for today. Friends, hey, by the way, if you have any questions about this, don't hesitate to reach out. Shoot me an email, luke at thetortreport.com. Take the time, if you would, please go to the website, find a little heart, click the heart, and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. Of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone one you know. Get out there and embrace the rest of this beautiful day, friends, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.